Welcome back to another segment of today's episode. On tap, we're talking about Bull, the TV show that's in its fifth season on CBS. Episode six just aired. It's called To Save a Life. And my first question is, when do they play the phrase how to save a life in the episode? They don't. They don't play how to save a life in the episode to save a life. No, not the phrase song. Okay. I'm going to name off some TV shows because I thought that they would play it uh, that have used that song in the past. You have Scrubs. That episode has 9.7 on IMDb. Yeah, it's considered one of the best ones. You remember it? Mm-hmm. My Lunch. It was like season five, episode 20. And then New Girl. New Girl played it? New Girl played it? In what it? situation? I assume a dramatic one. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. The whole cast sang it. The, the cast sang it? Was it a musical episode? I think so. It was in one of the later seasons. Oh, yeah. It had a 6.2 on IMDb. <laughs> but it's one of those ones that fans are really going to like it, you know? And then One Tree Hill. This was when the show, when the song just came out. The episode that they the, played it on got a 9.1. Was it the one that like propelled it to fame? Or was it just a famous song at the time, do you know? What, I'm sorry, propelled what to fame? How to Save a Life, the song. No, Frey was like the thing back in the early 2000s. I know you don't remember this, but like back in the MySpace era, like this was the band. Every middle schooler, every high school girl probably knew who the Frey was. <laughs> they were probably singing their songs 24-7. That was, that was the time period back then. But I do think that TV shows could still use that song today. Yeah, I mean, like it would still work. So was this episode dramatic? No, not really. So there wouldn't have been a place for it? No, I mean, there would have been, but, like, it ends very happily. In fact, it ends with, like, a happy song somewhat. Okay. It's based on the life of, do you know? No. Dr. Phil. Wait, so the show is actually based off of Dr. Phil's life. Like, the one that we see on TV that gives people suggestions? Loosely. Wait, how? It's not biographical. Did he Did he create it, or is he, like... Yeah, he did create it. He is credited as one of the creators. So you're saying, but doesn't this have like a million views, like millions of views? Like, isn't this one of the highest rated shows? And it's and it's based and off it's, of Dr. Phil's like... It gets like, like 15 million views in its first season, but since then it's been around like 10 million. Bull's like about a lawyer. How is it based okay. off of well, Dr. Do you know, what do you know about Dr. Phil? Just that he's someone who gives people advice. That's all I know about do him. Do you watch basically. his YouTube clips? No, not really. They're pretty funny. Like, people well, like to make fun of those all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, I watch people sometimes react to them, but, like... All right. What? Well, if you knew anything about his career, he quit his job to form a private practice that he that was called Pathways, and it was, like, a self-motivational seminar platform that he would do things on. And then he started a company that was called Courtroom Sciences, CSI. And after helping Oprah Winfrey win the lawsuit that she was going against the beef company with in, like, 1998... He became a regular on her talk show before launching his own daytime program. This doesn't seem Dr. real. Phil. This doesn't seem real. Well, like, again, I just you just assume that Dr. Phil was always just a television personality. No, he actually came up through a certain through sort of what happens in the show. Well, I'll say that like in this episode, I would never ever guess that because this deal. Yeah, with- again, it's loosely based on it. When he watched the first episode, he was like, "Yeah, this guy broke three laws in the first twenty minutes. It's not my life, but it is loosely based off of it." I'll say that like fifty times. The first five minutes of this were really interesting. I was really interested. Doctor Kenzie, that's the doctor that we focus on in this episode. She is in a car, and we hear over radio that there's been a gunman who's like shot of over 
for like 30 people. And so I was already like kind of in the mood because I was just expecting this to be a normal. You were in the mood for a sh- Well, I, I expected this to be a normal just like murder investigation case. But what case they did was. Case. Yeah. And then Dr. Kenzie goes to the hospital and she's told to work on this one person named Ryan Watkins. He's suffering from a gunshot wound as well. But she kind of. Same place though. There was just one big shooting. Yeah. And there, some it, guy just shot up a whole town. Yeah, basically, it was a rally, I think. and he, It was a rally? Yeah. For, and like, so, a political rally? Yeah. It was called, like, We Aren't From Here or something like that. That's what the rally was called. But uh, she ends up not working on Ryan Watkins. She gives him a rebola, which is used in the aorta to um, stop blood from coming in. And, like, it's like a heart. Yeah. Does it, it clamp the aorta? It seems like that's dangerous. No, okay, it, it, was, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was an instrument that's used I'm to sure save someone's life. I'm sure they have medical yeah, people on board. I wasn't able to follow that too much. But then there was this other woman who, if she didn't work on, was just automatically going to die. So she ends up putting the uh, Rebola in Ryan Watkins and then works on the lady and the lady ends up surviving, but Ryan Watkins dies. And that's where the episode really is, has its inciting incident because by that point on, uh, Bull... She's responsible for the death of she's the responsible. patient. Had and, she been working on him the entire time, would she have been able to save him? Uh, yeah, that's kind of a question. And yeah, people say that they were, but then the other one would have died. But were you convinced that that was the case? She kind of chose one life over the other? Yeah, I mean, she didn't. She was trying to save both of them, but Obviously, in the end. Obviously, that's yeah. her oath. Yeah, As but Dr. Parker, who is the person who gave her the order to work on Ryan Watkins, and some other doctors end up like turning on her and testify against her. This takes place mostly in the courtroom. This, this is, is all just a malpa- malpractice trial, yeah, which exactly. is strange because usually a malpractice, it has to go through the board of directors at a hospital, and it doesn't necessarily go to a jury of like your peers in a regular courtroom right and it, it was even like you get your license suspended you don't actually go to jail for this well chung palmer but yeah and that, that's what the uh punishment would have been but chung palmer who is a character in the episode this you is recognize first, who chung palmer yeah he was, was he was um george washington in hamilton right yes yeah and he got the role pretty soon after because this show started in 2016 and he's been or 2017 one of those and he's been on the show since the beginning yeah and this is his first malpractice case it's but, his first case maybe because at the end of last season he passed the bar for the first time up until then he had just been an advocate or someone who worked with the team the tac team or the trial analysis corporation as michael weatherly's uh, or dr jason bull uh, has put together this Is, psycho- yeah, psychologist d- did Bull have some type of punishment where like he couldn't become a lawyer anymore because this whole entire episode he's basically just like a teacher for palmer um, like well, see, the, the thing case. is, that he he apparently hates lawyers because he himself failed the bar exam two times, and I don't know if they go into why he failed them. But you'd think that if the show is supposed to be around this struggling genius, that he would be able to pass the bar. Is this supposed like, to be it's a like, hard test? I know it's based on why. Do- why did he fail it twice? I know it's based on Doctor Phil's life, but is this supposed to kind of be like? Is he supposed to be a numbers type character, or is he supposed to be just like a really hard ass? Well, I was going to ask you, what sort of genius did he seem like? Because he's supposed to be sarcastic. I know that he's dealt with issues like he had a heart attack at the end of season two. And he has trouble with alcohol sometimes. They, yeah, they don't go into any of that. This is literally, Palmer is more of the main character in this episode than Bull is. Bull is kind of just a side character who basically is just helping Palmer the whole entire time. And then get, gets mad at him once in the episode. And then is there another character named Benny? Benny, yeah. He's supposed to be like this really highly achieved lawyer. Well, he's right? he's Bull's ex-brother-in-law who also sort of works with him for TAC. But... I think they're facing each other in this in this trial, right? No, not in the trial. Benny's Benny helping is them. facing Chunk, isn't he? No, Benny's helping them. Oh, okay. Well, then I just misread the description. All right, so what ends up happening? Does she win? 
Yeah, she ends up winning because... Um, oh, I'm so surprised. Well, the weird thing was was that... And my biggest problem was she wins on a deus ex machina because it turns okay. out that yeah, Mr... I have a lot to say about that because apparently when I re- read the negative reviews on this, it was that the show is systematic in that it does the same thing every... Yeah, it was... It was and he never I... loses a case, apparently. Oh, oh. so she's like Perry Mason. <laughs> so, well, it's like he's not that lawyer, right? Yeah, no. It... So it goes prologue for the case then taking of the case, mm-hmm. then the jury selection process, and then some surprise evidence at the end yeah. that solves the case. Well, and that's, it just felt like a very structured, but the deus ex machina was definitely the thing that took me from, this is kind of like a boring show to like, are you kidding me? <laughs> type so, you, of thing. so you didn't like it? Even even the right after that, we get Bull having to convince Dr. Kenzie because it is Palmer's first case that she should take him as a lawyer. And right as it gets to that point, that's what goes into the intro. And that's when I was like, okay, and it turns into a regular what would be like a Law and Order episode. Like, I'm, I'm going to name some other shows other than Law and Order. Okay. Um, other law shows to see what you would compare it to. Okay. Boston Legal. Mm. Better Call Saul. Nah. The Good Wife. The good, good wife, maybe. The good fight. The good fight, maybe. The good place. <laughs> no. The good doctor. Okay, you're the just saying they're good. <laughs> based on the comics by Stan Goodley. <laughs> I yeah, probably the good fight, the good life, even the good life, the good life. Yeah, that's a new uh, one. Yeah, yeah, One Republic. Uh, they made it. No, but um, and even the good doctor, I would say, is kind of the same as this, at least for this episode. The good doctor, huh? Yeah. It's an interesting one to compare it to. Like, in, for real, I was just throwing that in there because the name. But yeah, and but Palmer, this is a case of the week type situation. Could you see next next episode them doing something very similar, or was there something distinct about this episode that pushed the plot? No, forward? I wondered if it had a story arc, but by the end I was like, oh, this is just a n- normal case by week show. I mean, there's sort of a story arc that goes on. Um, the summary of the plot is this. It's the world's leading deception expert who studies facial expressions and involuntary body language to expose the truth behind the lies, right? Yeah. Micro expressions. Right. Oh, wait. I actually just made that up. That's actually Tim Roth's lie to me. <laughs> okay. But don't you see how the shows are <laughs> yeah. like the same exact no, show? Just, yeah. just based off their descriptions. Also, the main female lead of the show is supposed to be very similar to the main female lead in Lie to Me as the role that she plays, the supportive sort of cast member who's also an expert. She's had a weird plot line throughout the series, but if they didn't mention her, Marissa, too much? Then no, I, I think she was just a side. Really, this was just Palmer's episode completely. So they just gave him it was Yeah, it was basically them. his episode. Did they have anybody named um, Danny James? They might have, but I she was like it. the cop that, or ex cop that works for them. There's a couple scenes where they're like in the in their laboratory, I guess, and mm-hmm. they're all talking to um, Dr. Kenzie to get to know her. And we do see some of those um, supporting characters, but that's about all. I'm, we I'm get. just gonna give her a shout out because I want to mention everyone who's in the lead cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Lee Kirshner, she's known for the Mob Doctor, which. I didn't remember, but it has a great title. The Mob Doctor. A young thoracic surgeon becomes indebted to the South South Chicago Mafia and is forced to moonlight as a mob doctor. Sounds like the Eddie, but with doctors. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just combining 
a mafia show with a they get good reviews. medical show. No, it lasted like a season or two at most. And then if you recognize Benny, which I don't know if you would. No, I didn't. He's also been in the show from the beginning. Did it seem like he was making an exit at all? Because people are speculating based on some of, like, he might become a district attorney or something, that he might be leaving the show. There, there's talks of him running for something. I didn't know it was district attorney until you just said that. But except for that, that was all we kind of got about an exit. He, he played Carla's brother in Scrubs. I don't even remember. Remember Turk brother. Turk and him had sort of a caustic relationship because he didn't speak Spanish. And so he would always make fun of Turk and then Turk could like recognize some <laughs> words like cheese. No, I don't, I don't remember that at all. Oh, okay. Well, if you're a big Scrubs fan, then you would definitely recognize him. Benny seemed like a likable character because he even stands up for Palmer when Bull gets mad at him because what ended up happening was Bull tells Palmer to call a recess uh, as they're having this court meeting and Palmer is like, no, I got this. And this is kind of the hold my beer moment. He goes up there and he starts grilling one of the doctors, Dr. Kendra Collier, um, because basically she worked in Germany um, with someone that Dr. Kenzie had worked with that they were bringing over there just to kind of make sure that he was okay. And she used, again, a Rebola for over an hour, which she wasn't supposed to do, and she ended up dying. So Dr. Kendrick Collier was kind of blaming uh, Dr. Kenzie for that. And Palmer goes up there and is like, well, if she didn't use the Rebola, would she have even, would the per, would the patient have even survived? And then uh, Dr. Kendrick Collier is like, oh, no. And then basically- This is why usually you want to meet in front of a medical board, because otherwise people are just going to be influenced by what the lawyer sounds like, rather yeah. than than what the actual medical devices and the terms would be used for and like they would know whether or not this person committed malpractice well that's the that that's my biggest problem with the episode because later on we learn that dr baptiste who is someone who is against dr kenzie lies completely and just says yeah i told uh, dr kenzie that ryan watkins the patient who died was actually the shooter at the protest and again that was a complete lie so when they're going through their... So it's like it turned into a soap opera. Yeah. Because I have heard that complaint yeah, about no, this season specifically. Like a lot of the ads for this season were basically like, how am I going to do what I have to do if everybody's wearing a mask? Right. If everybody's being social distanced. And so I was going to ask what, how they handled that. I mean... They, were, were people wearing masks? Yes, uh, everyone was wearing masks. In the courtroom? Yeah. Well, except we, for except for the lawyer and the plaintiff, everyone was wearing. And masks. the lawyer's usually the one who shouts, though. So, yeah. So it's kind of well. Funny they had a big wouldn't... they had a big glass window in front of uh, the person they were interviewing. Okay. But I want to get to the twist because this is where I have a lot to say. Um, when they're going through their closing arguments, Palmer is using these clips to kind of try and influence the uh, jury. But he's doing practice, so he's practicing it in front of the doctors. And then that's when Benny is like, "Wait a minute." pull that clip back and they pull, <laughs> pull it, it back, back. in hands yeah in hands more <laughs> basically and you see that dr parker there was three patients that came in ryan watkins the person that dr kenzie did save and a patient who had a bullet uh, wound in the shoulder but dr parker was bringing that uh, patient to the or first and so that's where they end up being like, okay, you know, you why would you do this? And then Dr. Parker ends up being evil. But my biggest complaint Dr. about Parker that... Dr. Parker ends up being evil? Well, he's the one who decides to bring this person who had a bullet like hole in their shoulder as opposed to someone who had a hemorrhage in their stomach. But, but, but why? What because... Do <laughs> this is so convoluted. Dr. Baptiste, that's, that was her daughter. And that's Dr. Parker's goddaughter. 
Oh, that so he was, was like a doing personal that. relationship? Right. And so that's when Palmer goes up there and is like, so should a doctor? And he goes through this whole entire monologue. And then by the end, you realize Dr. Parker's evil. My biggest problem with it is, is that they say that this, the clip they were showing was eight minutes after Dr. Parker had told uh, Dr. Kenzie to work on Ryan Watkins. And that's just ridiculous because if there's a case that they're going to build over someone dying, you wouldn't just only check what Dr. Kenzie was doing for the next hour or so. You would check everyone involved. Dr. Parker is a witness. You would check what he was doing an hour after that. You would definitely be able I don't to know. Catch I don't something. know if you would check the person who's acute, what they're doing an hour later. Well, they ended up... The thing that tipped them off was that in the footage... There'd be cameras everywhere again, in the hospital. This was but. only eight minutes later. I was just saying an hour just in terms of like to make sure you have everything. But there was cameras in the hospital that Dr. Parker like ends up kissing the god... Uh, his goddaughter yeah that's pretty soapy yeah and it was just ridiculous it didn't make any sense at all i i felt like this is boomer bait like blue yeah yeah probably because again i if you are going to be part of the lawyers cbs primetime yeah (laughs) for doctor this does air like uh, like eight o'clock right on mondays isn't it like it used to be on tuesdays but yeah now it's on mondays if you want to tune in to see it um originally it aired after NCIS, and that's where most people know Michael Weatherly from. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, he had been in things like he was in Jag actually for the same character, and then he went on to NCIS, and then NCIS New Orleans, and then NCIS so Los Angeles. No, 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 he was playing the same character oh, okay. in all of those. So crossover. Yeah. yeah, Jag was a or NCIS was a spinoff of Jag originally, okay. and then it lasted for like tens of years. But it's actually not his first time playing a doctor. In 1997, in an NBC television movie called Asteroid, he played Dr. Matthew Rogers. And one review for the movie said it was like Asteroid. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was four hours. A four-hour TV movie? mm -hmm. So that's why they they called it that. Also, it's hard not to talk about this show with most people making the connection between what happened with Elijah Dushku and yeah. that came out in like right. season two or three after her like really small arc in episode, season one. She was supposed to become a main cast member, but then there were like sexual harassment accusations mm-hmm. and these lewd comments that were caught on film by CBS. Oh, I didn't know it was caught on film. Well, yeah. they actually sent them in showing like Elijah Dushku sort of freaking out, and uh, but it also showed the harassment taking place. Oh no! So she got like. A lot of money, but then he came out and did a public apology, which he wasn't supposed to do under the terms that they were um, (laughs) agreeing on. And so she called him on that as well. And so a lot of people wanted the show to end, but it didn't. And and so the audience that remains is probably pretty hardcore or hate watching. I I know that happened in real life. But I just want to say that does sound like a plot that would take place in this sort of like show. Yeah, well, there's that. And then if you look into and I don't mean to go too far. TMZ right, in right. This, yeah. But like <laughs> Michael Weatherly, uh, he married his co-star Amelia Hanley in 1995 for a TV show that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Then he dated and proposed to Jessica Alba from dark angel when he was working with her as a co-star and (laughs) so he has like a thing where he was just dating his co-stars so maybe that's what he was trying later on though he was married and it obviously didn't come across the same way maybe when he was 50 some years old i don't know there was one funny scene that last thing i'll say though is the spielberg's production company which originally was part of the first three seasons dropped the show right afterwards afterwards. Yeah. yeah but then cbs continued to renew it 
Yeah, I thought it was going to be canceled as well. Um, one funny scene that did happen, though, is um, Palmer goes to speak to Benny in this bar. And what ends up happening is is Benny is like, you got to be aware of the bang shot when they try you on trial. And then Palmer's like, what are you talking about? And since Benny is playing pool, he purposely misses. He takes this shot and misses the balls he was going for. And then Palmer is like, damn. And then Benny's like, wait for it. And it hits all three balls yeah. and all three balls go in. Mm-hmm. So It reminds me of like MacGyver back in the original MacGyver. I remember there was an episode where he was like, it's all math. And then he like won a pool <laughs> game like as a as a pool shark almost because he was able to calculate the right dimensions of every shot. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> but the fact that like he would be in the bang shot and of course it comes yeah. back later into play because um, mm-hmm. Dr. Parker like releases some bombshell information and then it goes to commercial break but Palmer right beforehand is like bang shot was the jury selection cool at all like him being like wow that person looks like they'll vote no because again they were they were all wearing they did do some things where it was like people turned their heads but I found it more cheesy I was gonna ask if the science felt real though if the science felt the, real? behind that whole like I because mean, the yeah, thing with look. Lie to Me is that by the end of the series, like the first few episodes were really good with Lie to Me, but by the end of season two, they were kind of winging it because they didn't have enough <laughs> yeah. material to do with micro expressions, and a lot of it was kind of like BS'd. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking by now, season five of this show, especially with masks on, uh, it's like they got well, be, they they also have one of the glass like frames in front of them. They have like a mirror well. or something that they can see yeah. the people, which is weird too. The other creator of the show, Paul Atanzio, was behind House and Donnie Brasco and The Quiz Show. So a lot of characters who are supposed to be super smart or at least sneaky smart. Yeah, again, I didn't see a lot of Bull in this episode. I assume he usually is kind of like the sarcastic Sherlock type. Yeah, he's supposed to have gone through like growth over the last few years and become a nicer person. But The main purpose uh, was that... um, Basically, at the beginning of the episode, we see that Palmer and Benny are talking, and Palmer's congratulating Benny, and Benny is like, you might get there one day, and then by the end of the episode, Palmer, like, starts speaking to Benny, and Benny's like, you did, and Palmer's like, yeah, I did, and then walks away, and then it fades to Well, black. Palmer, apparently, his, his whose name is Chunk, which is such a strange name to yeah. be giving someone Chunk for a Palmer. <laughs> but he was a fashion designer before he became a lawyer. <laughs> so so his career and his character's career is very interesting yeah you said he has been in this show since season one right mm-hmm. so all 96 so episodes. this probably was like a fan service oh, epi- it, the, one episode i should bring up is the beginning of this season i told you there was a musical episode right oh of this show i thought yeah that, that was, was a- yeah that was Grey's anatomy but yeah also um. this show they did a musical <laughs> episode where he was actually not in a coma but like asleep for it and so when he woke up he had a dream that he had covid but then it turned out he didn't have covid but the whole episode was in a dreamscape of singing and that that was the way that they thought that they could treat the coronavirus and that that would be cool it's not yeah it's not that i don't like um, it's a little cringy it's not yeah it's not that i don't like musical episodes but it feels like sometimes especially with shows like these a you don't have to do them and b it feels like when you run out of material you're like let's get rights for some of the songs and then have everyone sing it like Mm -hmm. i know that uh a, just a ton of episodes as of now do them you even said lucifer did at one point yeah but lucifer he knows how to play the piano and he knows how to sing. and it's more ridiculous plot like i don't so. think michael weatherly is actually that big of a singer so i don't think a lot of actors are but yeah would you be interested in finding out where the show went from here no i think that i've seen one episode and i'm pretty sure i can garner what happens next the show currently has a seven on imdb its rotten tomato scores are panned for each season oh i didn't know it was panned i thought it got good reviews no not really the actual imdb scores are very interesting because i was reading 
individual people's reviews and it seemed like they liked the first few seasons more than the later ones but the imdb ratings are like reverse of that the ones yeah. for first season were all in the fives and then the last season were in the fives and in the last few seasons they were like sevens and eights so i don't maybe they just lost a big uh base that they were pulling in is this negative like votes from i don't know is this like 13 episodes a season no i think it's like 20 and and all of them are five because so, it's at 96 yeah what what episode what did this have you know uh, it's like a seven point uh, okay so just a normal score it's just a normal score yeah. yeah all right well that'll be our review for today um you want to add anything else no that's about it okay we'll see you on the next one thanks for listening bye bye